a lot of podcasts these days. Tip, tip, tippy toe around everybody's little feelings. The little snowflakes are fragile. But you won't get any of that crap here. Welcome to the Mark G Show. From political issues to cultural issues to current events and everything in between, we're talking about it. And we talk about it how we want. Melting the little snowflakes. (laughs) This is the Mark G Show. And this is Mark G. What's going on, Mark G Nation? What's going on, everybody? We got a hell of a show for you tonight. Um, I've been asked about questions prior to the show, and like everybody knows, we don't do that here on this show. But I'm going to do a little roundtable here to introduce everybody. First, we'll start with uh, Gary, as everybody already knows him, because, well, hell, he's in every show. Gary, brother, how's it going? Go, going good, going good. How's everybody's night? Oh, it's going good, you know, not in a body bag like usual. So Easter went well over here. How did you nice. have your Easter? B- uh, busy cleaning, prepping, getting ready. All right. Well, then we'll jump down to, well, he's got his name as Kipper in our chat. Kipper is a retired police officer of Buxton, Maine. Kipper, how's it going? I'm doing great. How you doing there, Maki? Well, you know, like I said to Gary, not in a body bag, so I'm doing good. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, and then the next one we got is Hunter, the firefighter out of Wisconsin where they make cheese. I mean, I'm not sure how much firefighting they do out there in Cheese State, but Hunter, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Hanging in there. Hanging after in. Uh, after Saturday, we've been doing pretty good. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, let me get this out of the way before we start talking oh. about things. <laughs> Anybody figures this out and kind of gets lost in this conversation. And as everybody knows, I've been on TikTok quite a bit. That's how people learn about the Mark G show. Well, that's where I met Mr. Hunter. And we had a huge battle on Saturday. This is a battle where people can send gifts and tap the screen or whatever to give you points. Hunter annihilated me with over 100,000 points, and I had a whopping 5,000. So he gave me a little spanking. So if he starts talking crap, this would be the reason why as we're going through the show. Um, but, yeah, so as we bring this in, I kind of wanted to do this as a first responder type of an episode where we got Kip as a retired officer, Hunter as current uh, active firefighter, learning to get his EMT license at the moment. Is that correct, Hunter? Yeah, that's right. So, and it could get interesting within Hunter's camera since he's in a study group right now. So hopefully we don't have any streakers during this podcast. Nah, we should be good. <laughs> so yeah, um, kind of go back a little bit. So Kip, you left the law enforcement prior to the pandemic, correct? Yes. Okay. So you didn't really get to experience anything during the pandemic or anything like that. Um, Hunter, have you been a firefighter during the pandemic? How long have you been a firefighter actually? Uh, I've been an active firefighter for six years. Active firefighter. Now you full-time or call force? Uh, we are on call, a little paid on call kind of thing. Okay. Um, after EMS is done though, full-time is in the picture. So. Gotcha. Okay. So, so it's kind of sad, like some of the smaller towns, you must be in a small town in Wisconsin then. Yeah, we're in a small town. Um, but we do mutual aid, Mavis calls, things like that for surrounding departments, surrounding communities. So we run, we run our good share. You know, we have our dull moments, our dull times, but once things are hot, they're rolling. So, gotcha. And EMS is like a full time, uh, full time to the department. Yeah. Uh, well, we're not full time. We're on call. We have full time departments around us that are uh, 
paramedic departments or just the uh, an ALS, which is advanced life-saving um, ambulance. So we do transport and um, have advanced EMTs on our rig. Okay, gotcha. And Kip, how long were you an officer for as far as locality and military? 28 years. That's insane. That's like almost half your life, isn't it? <laughs> That's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, 28 years, and it was what, three years for uh, the local ta- locality uh, police department, or was it two? Two. Two years. Okay. And yeah. then. Uh, and military police. So, so you've seen some shit as far as being a police officer. Yeah. So I, I kind of look labeled the show as couch versus donuts because obviously there's a thing <laughs> firefighters like sit on the couch and just lounge all day where police officers just love their donuts. You know, it's that, that mentality that people have with each other. So that's why I labeled the show as a couch versus donuts. With that being said, I'm kind of going to both of you gentlemen for your wildest story to start this off with. Uh, uh, to kind of pick out what your wildest moment is within your career, whether it been from the military uh, as a police officer or or when you were in the um, law enforcement here in Buxton. I mean, there was the cow incident that I was kind of talking about earlier in TikTok. I remember you talking about a whole cow situation there. And as well as you, Hunter, as far as your craziest firefighting moment that you've experienced uh, within your firefighting, people are already going, ooh, stories over in the chat. So. <laughs> So we'll start with, um, should I go younger to oldest or should I even reveal yeah, it? Start, with, start with Kipper. Start with Kipper. <laughs> all right, Kip, it's all up to you there, Kipper. I see. I can't really discuss too much of my Air Force. I think it's all classified. Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's lost. Do, do you need him in at the thing? How gory are we getting here? No, there's no gore. No gore. Um, no, like how you, you, we you can go, you can do what we talked about however you want. Just mind you that, um, actually help. Let me do this real quick. Then before we get into it, Hunter, if you got a good story, let me get this out of the way. Gary's about ready to say facts. Listen, for everybody on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and, and TikTok, please know that everything we say in the show is the opinions and facts of everybody with the commentary of the people on this show. It is up to you guys to do with it. What do you want with the information? And it's for entertainment purposes only. Now that I've said that, Kip, back to you. Hey, you messed up my whole cow story. That was my favorite. <laughs> I, I didn't say the full story. That was on TikTok. I was just t- talking about it to a few people. Okay. So you're <laughs> Go Okay. I, I love this one because it was like my first week or two weeks on the on a department up there in Buxton. And I got this 911 call for a cow. I'm like, this must be a joke. So I'm driving down to where the cow is at. And sure as can I, can I swear on here? Sure as shit, okay? There's a cow running down the street, straight at me. So I do a U-turn, I start chasing this thing, my blues are on, I'm taking video. I was following this thing for four friggin' hours, okay? And uh, we chased it all over the town. 911 calls kept coming in, we were all over the place. It was it was insane. So it's starting to get dark outside. Now, this, car, this cow was a, obviously was a, brown, a brown cow, it was real, real, it was dark. So if we didn't get this thing, someone's gonna get killed. So uh, I, one of the local farmers had a lasso. So I got up there with the cruiser, jumped out of the cruiser, threw a lasso, lassoed the bag on cow, and I got drugged down the street. I wrapped the, <laughs> I wrapped the, I wrapped the uh, rope around a tree, and it snagged the cow. Welcome to Buxton. That's how I got started. <laughs> 
Interesting. Wow. Life as a country cop. How long ago was that? Uh, that's only a, couple, a few years ago. Really? Oh, yeah. They had me on cows, uh, sheep, chicken, you you name it. Well, Buxton's a, it's a country town. It was a, it was a great, uh, great, great department to work for. I had a really good time with those guys. Do you remember where Buxton is, Gary? Buxton, I Maine? have no idea where the fuck it is. Okay, so, Southern Maine. Okay, so you're familiar with what well, we call Saco, but most people who are not from Maine call it Seiko, Maine. Yeah, Saco. I know Saco. <laughs> okay, so Buxton is about roughly about five miles out of Saco. It's the next town over. Okay. So it's right in the surround sound, surrounded by like Hollis. Um, oh, geez. Keys are Falls. No, not Keys are Falls. Hollis and shit. I can't remember now. Kept sucking everything. Come on, spit it out. I can't. I'm wearing off. I mean, you only live. You've Hollis, only lived yeah. here. Your Hollis, life. Life. I've lived, Hollis is Standish, maybe. Area. Guys, this is what happens. This is what happens when you get old. You can't remember shit. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Hunter. So we've heard Kip's craziest story as a uh, locality police officer. Now, for you as a volunteer firefighter, what you got? Uh, well, most of my stories are most of my good stories are coming from EMS that I can't really discuss, can't really go into detail, but I can tell you all how I got into fire, into firefighting. Um, it was a summer day at my parents' house. We burned our, um, we had a little field right next to their house and barn that we would burn every year. Well, we're burning it and, uh, everything's going good. The burn's just coming to an end. We pretty much had the fire all out. And um, my mom turns around and looks, and there's about an inch-by-inch inch flame on the top of our barn. Uh, by the time I get on the call, on the phone with 911, to the time I turn back around when it was when I was off of 911, um, the barn was fully involved. It was oh, wow. fully gone. Yeah, that had pretty much our life, our life story in that barn. And um, the next day, I went to our fire department, and I joined. Um, I've been in, I've been in multiple fires. Um, we actually just had one recently. I can discuss this one. We had, uh, uh, we got called out to a house fire. Um, me and my officer were first at the door, made entry, got the fire knocked down. That was in the back room. We left. We, after overhaul and everything, we left, everything was clear. We got called out a couple hours later, that house fully involved. Um, house was, I mean, it was a, Neighbor, there were neighboring houses on each side and um complete complete loss and that was just because you know there's things that we missed and or things we couldn't find so that were hidden but in the house or whatever yeah that just it just happened there's nothing anybody could do about it um but yeah that we went we responded to a little fire that we saved that turned into a everything was gone luckily nobody was in the house it was vacant but yeah, uh, I mean, I, yeah, I have, I have plenty of stories that I'm sure Kip can agree to that. We just can't talk about. There's a couple. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some things that will give you nightmares for the rest. Of, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, with you on that one. Nightmares <laughs> for the rest of your life. I actually just recently had one the other day that, uh, yeah. Yeah, that'll uh, tear your life apart. And th that's the reason I say that is because the reason that I do this job, you know, you ask a hundred firefighters what they do or why they do it. The reason I do it is so somebody else's pain can be put on me. My, the best part about that day of my barn burning was when the fire department showed up, the instant relief of that they were there. 
so that's what I want to give to other people. So that's why that's awesome. A lot of, a lot of the people that I know do what we do. Um, that's the reason. And it's also the running into burning buildings and better than a drowning junkie, but (laughs) we're also, yeah, we're just, we're just freaks. (laughs) Freaks of nature. Yeah. Everybody's running out. We're running in kind of thing. That's, we love doing it and I wouldn't trade it for the world. Masochistic. Right. (laughs) As you were talking, Hunter, and then as you get ready to end with the freaks of nature, we we had a comment come in for a kipper over here. His wife is obviously tuning into the podcast as well. We got to post it up here on the screen. Yeah, he's shaking his head no, but obviously it's a question that wants to be heard. It says, I'd love to know the story of you hiding in a haunted hospital. It's not (laughs) when I was at that was I wasn't on duty at that time. I can't discuss that one. What is she crazy? Yeah, these these are on duty stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No I, I, I go off duty sometimes. I mean, that does sound kind of interesting. <laughs> I mean, I, I've had some crazy encounters. I mean, I've you know I've been responding to a house for a domestic, and you know, and you get there, and the woman's got no clothes on, and she's trying to hit on you while you're trying to calm things down. And then you tell her she's under arrest, and next thing you know, you're going toe to toe with a naked woman. I, I, I've seen it all. Uh, you, you have no idea. I've been kicked in the face by a little old lady before while trying to put her on a cot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Gary, though, we're, we're sitting here talking to these gentlemen. This question pops up and Kipper deviates and goes to a naked woman. To <laughs> 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 yeah, sex sells and he's not an idiot. I'm going to get away from this haunted stuff. I'm good. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I do kind of want to go over a few things here because obviously a big thing for people is obviously the pandemic as far as how it affected people's careers. Obviously, Kipper can't really relate to that. I mean, he retired. He does teach school now for cadets, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, we can ask him how that affects him as a uh, teacher for cadets. But as far as you, Hunter, uh, in the firefighting field, uh, how did the – pandemic affect you in your position did you find that you called picked up and amped up at all or um it wasn't it wasn't so much the fire side but the ems side for sure we changed a lot of protocols we had a lot of things put in place that were very it just changed the way we do things you know we have a flow of the way we do things and once that got put in place we had to pretty much learn how to redo things um it's, you know, I've had it, I've had COVID four times. So, but, you know, it went from full suits, masks, and 95 glasses, um, sealing off doors. The the main thing was making sure everything was clean when we were done. Um, call volume, it picked up a little bit, but just the way we did things, you know, as if you were driving the ambulance, you didn't go inside versus like, before and now after, you know, the drivers just always go inside, bringing the cot in, doing everything. Um, but yeah, we weren't allowed inside. Anybody that wasn't dressed for it wasn't allowed inside. Um, they took it full on pandemic wise where it was, it was something to see. It was, you know, we talk about politics here. I didn't, yeah. I'm not saying I agree or disagree with how we handled things. You know, you always want to proceed on the side of caution, but you know, sometimes it was um, a little overboard, but a lot of things changed. Would you say the new precautions that were taken during the pandemic for firefighters or EMS, 
do you think that it was it could have a I guess you'd say affected the medical call as far as slowing down the process of actually responding to a medical call versus you know the normal speed prior pre-pandemic? I mean, I maybe in the beginning a little bit trying to get used to remembering to grab everything instead of putting on a jumpsuit, you're putting on a smock and your N95 and your glasses and your shield and all that stuff. But a lot of that stuff could be done in the back of the rig when you are in route. Um, but it was just a learning process for everybody. And um, just like everything else happens in the fire EMS uh, law enforcement world, you know, you got to adapt to whatever you're throwing. So that's what we did. And it worked out. No, the reason why I figured I'd ask that is because I know during the pandemic, I had to make one 911 call myself. And it's interesting how much longer the 911 call seemed prior pre-pandemic. There was multiple more questions that was asked during the 911 dispatcher uh, versus what it was back in the day. Um, you know, everybody so- talks Everybody talks about response times and things like that. One, it all depends. You know, we're, we're a volunteer department. So, you know, daytime, you got people coming from work. You got people leaving their families, things like that. They're, I mean, I'm at dinner with my family. The pager goes off. We leave. I leave. I leave everybody. I'm on a date. You know, I leave. I've I've gone on plenty of dates to where in the middle of the date, I have to get up and leave. There we go. That's just how it is. Let's huh? talk about Hunter. He's oh, just God. opening up a new door. Let's talk yeah. about talk about the best date that you may have on and where you kind of probably lost that date due to you have to run out the door to. So I've never had that problem. Um, I've never necessarily lost a, a date to firefighting. We've had to cut dates short and things like that, but. <laughs> there, there. Nothing short, Hunter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's 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 nighttime, and you know, it's you're watching a movie and cuddling, and you know, one thing starts leading to another, and the pager goes off. It's just it's firefighter. It, it, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> A lot, and you know, in the dating world, I'm sure as an officer, you know, he's been married for looks like 80 something years now, but that's right. Uh, <laughs> Don't be a hater, it's been 31 years. That's right. Yeah, I but snagged I'm her sure, and kept her. Yeah, so that's it's probably you know a little different because he's married, so his wife knew what she was getting into at the time. Well, and, mm. well, okay, so yeah, okay, well, then we're attesting, yeah. attesting to that right there. Yeah, anybody that's going to date somebody in law enforcement or fire ems has to know that it is not a job it's a lifestyle what we do nothing's going to change that it just is what it is either accept it or you go find somebody that sits on the couch and that's why the divorce rate so high plays video games all day you know that's like i was a correctional officer um Mm -mm. i was a correctional (laughs) officer in a state prison i've been a firefighter all through that too the you know the the divorce rates extremely high. Uh, suicide rate is extremely high. Um, everything, every statistic that is to that extreme in a normal civilian world is amplified that much more in a fire EMS or law enforcement world. Yep. It's, it's very hard to date. Actually, I shouldn't say it's hard to date. It's hard to find somebody that accepts that. You know, I did somebody, we have our, we have our flag day. That's like our, you know what flag day is, right? 
Everybody knows flag day is. What day yeah, flag it's, day it's is? It's on Veterans Day. Well. <laughs> So, Andre, you got to talk to the show as if you know you're talking to the listeners. So there are people out there who don't know about it. So, explain. well, flag flag days flag days a national holiday. It's right. you know it's on your calendar. Look at your yes. calendar. Yeah. Um, but flag day originated where I'm a firefighter in my town. So oh. we had this big celebration. While I was dating somebody, that's probably the biggest day that we have in our fire department world as far as PR and stuff done running ems and all that stuff it's just one big party and um she was mad that i wasn't hanging out with her during that and that i had to keep leaving but yeah so it, so some people can accept it some people can't and to, to piggyback off that you know um you know doing law enforcement you know we work at a normal eight eight hour shift well if i'm at the end of my eight hour shift and i pull somebody over i get sent on a call and i'm gonna arrest this guy there's another four or five hours just to get the guy booked and down to jail. And, uh, and that's like, I, hey, sorry, honey, I'm, I'm not going to be home for dinner or, Hey kids, uh, I'm not going to be at the party because I have an arrest that happens. It is a lifestyle. And it, it's, if you don't, if your partner is not with you with it, it ain't going to last long because like he yeah. said, it's in, it's in my blood. So and just everybody's like, you know, in a normal civilian world, as far as jobs, when people say, oh, just leave your work at work, that's <laughs> impossible. It's impossible for us. You know, the the trauma that we deal with, just because we hide it or people hide it well, you know, that's why the suicide rate is so high, because we right. have so much on our shoulders that we have to deal with. We don't just come home and leave that. You know, it stays with us. It's in our dreams. Right. It's when we close our eyes. We see everything that we saw. You just can't unsee the things that we see. We so see the worst in humans. We what, have the worst. We see the worst in humans. I mean, we see the worst in people it? in society. You cope with it. Um, you. What is it like? Really alcohol cope. or like? What do you do? Like just. So I dealt. So the way when I when I started, I don't know if in your thirty something years you can attest to this, but I handled it my first couple of years with alcohol. Very bad between the corrections and the fire. Um, I was very heavy drinker. I let it, I let it roll over into the fire department. Um, and it took me getting suspended to, um, change my lifestyle. And the, you know, the way that everybody deals with it is, you know, I'm, I can personally say that's not the right way to handle it. It's, you got to find your own way, whether that's talking to somebody, whether that's going to work out, whether that's, you know, However, you got to do it, but you cannot let it fester. If you let it fester, bad things will happen. Keeping it bottled up is the worst thing you can do. Yep. Yeah, because then you make mistakes. Right. Yes. Yeah, because then you second guess yourself. You know, say you have one call and then you have a similar call the next time and you're yeah. still trapped on that first call of what you did wrong. You're going to always yeah. try and better yourself and you're going to skip steps and you're going to miss things and then it makes it worse. Mm. The mistakes yep. in your profession cost lives. Yeah, we yes. the, we make mistakes in training because we can't make them in the field. I mean, yep. a, a one-second mistake is a life. And that one second is – I mean, I was on a call for an armed suspect. I thought I was there for 15, 20 minutes not talking this guy down. Reviewed the video. We were talking to this guy for three to five minutes. But it felt like we were there forever uh, dealing with the situation. So – well, one mistake. Try running you over. Which time? 
Oh yeah, well like, hey, that's okay. He's that was fine. <laughs> He's, he's not he's fine he's fine he's yeah. fine hey, Mark, hey, how many viewers we got in here right now uh so right now we currently got uh it looks like 18 within the social medias of five over on tiktok 18 over on wisdom okay everybody hey, hey. that is listening if you are if you are thinking about getting whether it's into law enforcement or more strongly volunteer work um do it everybody's hurting everywhere it's it is the best life choice you'll ever make i promise you that i don't care whether it's law enforcement or not you know there's times where everybody hates their job and there's times where we hate our job but we wouldn't trade it for the world everybody everywhere needs firefighters for sure officers you know in the times that we're living now it's hard to be an officer yeah but just because you know procedures change and fire and stuff like that the job is still the same we're not afraid to do our job versus officers now are a afraid to do their job and that's it sucks i've i've personally seen it and you know you see it on social media and everywhere and it's a touchy subject um that's where we're getting to the political part a little bit but well there's a finger on the mark g show yeah i mean (laughs) officers everywhere are afraid to do their job because of the scrutiny and trouble they're getting into before doing their job. And it sucks. You know, it's all about race now. It doesn't matter about good and bad. Everything revolves around race, which in our line of work, you don't see color. You see life. And we're going to save that life no matter what. Or do our best to save that life. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, going to Kip. So obviously there, there's obviously this big hatred lately for law enforcement officers, which is absolutely ridiculous. Right. And I mean, in the way you look at an aspect of life, you have your good people and you have your bad people, right? Everybody shouldn't be judged via their color. They should be judged for their character and their character solely because the character makes a person. Um, With that being said, as a law enforcement officer in a small town, would you say that you saw some of that hatred towards law enforcement in the small town, or would you say that people were pretty much, I guess you say, okay, with law enforcement, obviously you get pulled over for speeding. You're still going to be like, what a fucking dick he got me pulled over. Are you kidding me? People love me when I did that. But uh, <laughs> listen, um, this small town, big town, don't matter where it's at. There's always a percentage of people that are not going to like you, regardless of the town you're in. Um, there's just people that are brought up differently, different cultures that have different beliefs and values and sometimes don't go along with law enforcement. You go to other countries, like I said, I was in the Air Force as well as a cop. And you go to other countries, and law enforcement in those countries are feared because they yeah, don't have the same right, they don't have the same rights that um, that Americans have. Americans have the right to you know flip flip you off and tell you to get 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 out of my house. Other countries don't have that right, so there are going to be people that hate it because they're basing it on what they've been taught in their life. Um, but overall, I had great experiences in law enforcement. I really did. I, I enjoyed it. It was great helping people. Now, speaking of that, you were an MP for majority of your law enforcement career yes. and then became a civilian law enforcement officer. Yes. What would you say the biggest transition difference that you had to deal with from going from MP to civilian? Um, so when you're an MP and you're on a base on an installation, you're dealing with people that are military life. So if I was to arrest somebody in the military, they don't just get a fine or jail time. 
they lose their career. So that's a huge deal. So the people we dealt with um, in the in the military, you know, weren't as 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 rough. The civilian law enforcement was much tougher than military. I'll tell you that right now. Because really? those people, absolutely. You follow, see, in the civilian world, you follow one set of laws, whatever the state law is, the federal law, whatever it may be. But when you're military, you have to follow those laws and the UCMJ, which is a whole other set of laws. Yeah, and UCMJ so, is a lot more stricter, too. Absolutely. So, you know, you get a DUI, you just lost your career. You lose your career, you get a bad conduct discharge, you're done for life. We're in the civilian world. You go to jail, pay a fine, big deal. I'll be able to do it again the next day. So your clientele is different. So, so you're saying being a civilian cop is a lot harder than being an MP because people are probably uh, it, not. The from best. my experience, yes. Okay. Now, Hunter. Yeah. Um, so prior to becoming an on-call firefighter, you were also in the military. I'm not sure where, what branch you served in. Um, uh, so, so I was uh, – I was army, but I never made it out of boot camp. I actually had a very severe injury in boot camp, and Oof. I got I got medically discharged. Welcome to the club. Can I shake your yeah. hand? That was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I snapped my snapped my collarbone. Did you do the did you, which which uh, which obstacle course did you do that on? It was on the rope climb. Oof. yeah, that sucks. A rope climb's a bitch. <laughs> yep. We didn't so, do those. I don't know what I'm talking about. Really? You guys didn't do the rope climb in the Air Force? Please. Oh, he, oh, he was the Air Force? They were too busy eating steak and potatoes. <laughs> Bunch of haters. Hey, listen, when I would when I would deploy, like when I went to Iraq, you know, we had these nice like suites. They were like condos with marble floors. You know, we had one roommate. It was it's fantastic. And then when we go out the post, we drive out the gate. As soon as we get out the gate, and then we see the army barracks, they live in tents. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> Oh, I joined the Air Force. The stories are true. <laughs> the stories are true. <laughs> so, Gary, Gary, you've been quite quiet, brother. You got some good questions for these gentlemen? I, I'm just, you know, I, I, uh, I mean, I kind of was curious about how they were handling stress about the job. I guess, mm-hmm. uh, I, I mean, anything that revolves around my world, I guess my question would be about how would, how would you guys, or how did you prep for like fitness? Like I know firefighting shit is for sure. Like you're hauling, or at least I know their physical test to get in is pretty, pretty rigid. Um, with all due respect, <laughs> I've seen police officers and the donuts are probably hey, not doing their waistline any, uh, any favors, but I'm just, yeah, I'm not saying names or pointing fingers. I'm just, it's a question. Listen. Here's what the difference is, right? And I don't know which department you may be in, but I know for the military, we had a standard we had to meet every year. You didn't meet that standard, you kicked out of the military, you lose your job. So military world's got to be fit. Got to be fit. You're but in the military. In the, I respect that, but not but civilians. Civilians, once you not. get yeah, once you get through basic training, if you want to exercise, that's great. If you don't want to, that's your decision. But they're not going to hold the standard against you. Uh, it depends on the department now. Some departments might have those those those, but not not very commonly now. Isn't there a yearly or quarterly PT for law enforcement officers? Though? No. Yeah. Oh, what really? is it like? How heavy is a donut? How There's many? No donuts? yearly or quarterly <laughs> PT test whatsoever. Afterwards, like they. Don't... That's yeah, no. not. So no, once that... you pass police academy, 
You become a law enforcement officer. You could sit there and get as fat as you fucking want. You want, yeah. But the thing of it is, though, it's it's. I didn't really work with any really big fellas um, right. in the department I was at. We all pretty much went to the gym. Uh, we we're always, you know, working out all the time. I'm still working out to this day. I got a full size gym in the in the house here that I'm working in every day. I mean, that's what I hope for, right? Because you're thinking your life is on the line, especially as a law enforcement officer, you want to you stay. Would think, you would think that being able to fucking run fast without your hamstring blowing out or <laughs> like being able to run for more than 45 seconds at your max. Right. Like that's just basic fitness. And it's like there's right. not a lot of people who just in the regular civilian world that can do that shit. See, but no. people, don't, people don't understand that when – you know, the call hits, you're, you're chasing after a suspect or, you know, you're fucking somebody or you're running into a burning building. You're yep. tachycard, you're tachycardic, which means your heart, your heart rate's yes. through the roof. You're, yeah. you're hypertensive, which means your blood pressure's through the roof. Yeah. That alone, that is a huge toll on your body. So that exhausts you just from that. So then on yeah, top of that, not, you know, you're, you're not you're like fit. conditioned for that. Yeah. So you're on top of that, you're right. physically exerting yourself to the max of humping a charged hose line or tearing down walls or fighting yeah. with somebody. Yeah. It's, you know, I can, I can honestly say there's, if we're on a big structure call, I will chug a bunch of water just to throw up, just to get everything out of my system. Cause you feel, you just feel nauseous. You know, once, once the adrenaline wears off of, once you get out of that fire or right. you're done doing what you're doing, that adrenaline comes out, you know, you're, you start to settle a little bit, your vitals start to, normalize a little bit but once all that comes off you feel the full the full weight of what you just did so yeah. you know, when your adrenaline's pumping you don't really feel it until afterwards and then you're like i'm gonna die it's yeah but are you are you well I, kipper you said you had a home gym but hunter are you what's your fitness outside of burning buildings uh not or not burning buildings putting was, burning buildings out that was worded very poorly sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um i've let i've let myself go over the years definitely i've you know i've gotten out of a fitness regimen i don't really do anything i don't eat the greatest uh now, which does affect me it does affect me on calls i you you, know, you guys are on call things but do you guys have times where you actually spend days uh, like a day or two in the in the uh at the firehouse like on duty so so holidays, big events, things like we will actually we'll put it together and we'll sit at the fire department. Yeah, because I know those guys, they got some great kitchens. No joke. Uh, so we, we're we not that mm -hmm. big. When I'm looking at the full-time departments that I'm looking at applying to or okay. are in the process of applying for, they have all that. That's yeah, your full-time. They get the gyms and everything. Yeah, they're, they're, they're yeah. well set up. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, for us, you know, we're – you know, we like we leave our families and whatever we're doing to respond. We're not got it. That's not our work. It's not our work day. You know, everybody has jobs yeah. on top of that. Got it. But but right now, you know, I'm a I'm a student for EMT. We've had a nice spring break off, but usually when we're in school, when starting the class, it was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and then your days off, you're doing homework or um, getting your runs in to get your calls done and things like that. So. I mean, I got people in the other room here that are with me in the class that um, one of them's just going to be an EMT right now, but the other one's a firefighter and he has been for, he's like, Mark, he's old. So are you guys, are you <laughs> I'm on pretty the, sure he's watching right now. So 
are you already doing or you're gone past the point where you're going out uh, not just the schooling piece but where you're going out and on the road with the emt folks and firefighters and actually uh seeing what they do are you already past that yeah so i've done i've done that for the last six years i've been an ambulance driver on top of firefighter for the last six years so i've been a part of it but yes now we're actually we have our license it's a it's a little less of a, it's just a training license. So we act as EMTs. We just have to have a higher EMT above us. Yep. But yeah, we are acting as full EMTs doing everything that nice. an EMT can do. Very nice. A question for you, Hunter. As somebody yeah. who's watching right now, Ethan, is that somebody who's sending you a room? Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's our post talk says, I'm not that old. No, <laughs> I, I'm still like this next month. I still got eight more years before at least I hit 50. Kip's the oldest yeah. person in this chat right now. Hey, don't be a hater. You can only look this good at 53. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and I think Gary's the, the youngest out of all this. Uh, how old are you, Gary? 39. Yeah, I'm 27. <laughs> As I say, you look young. Oh, okay. no, I'm it's just because of the shaved face now. I usually have the I usually have the handlebar mustache, but that's that's shaved off. So yeah, it takes off a couple of years. Very important. Yeah, it's funny because people see him with the handlebars, they thought he was older than me, like in his forties to fifties. So yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a night and day difference. <laughs> it's nice. amazing how like people can change their looks just by facial hair. It's freaking amazing. Yep. But um, so let's see here, Gary. So actually, Hunter, we're talking about physical fitness. Um, obviously, you look for a full time department. You're going to have a PT test there. Have you went ahead and tried out these different PT to meet the requirements prior? Or so we have what's called a Ethan. What's it called? Ethan, you don't know what the test is called. So it's a test that you have to, you have to it's, it's like the C something or other. I have to look at the book. Um, it's a fitness test. So, you know, you have, you have a weighted vest on, you know, you climb, yep. you do a stair climb, you do a hose drag, you do a little drag in the victim and all that stuff. You have to yep. do that in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, I think it's like three minutes at each station, but it's meant to test everything that you do. So It'll yes, I will have you. to start prepping for that. I have to start prepping for that very soon. Um, but that's going to be a lot of... Do you have any plans on how to condition your body prior to this? You guys, it's funny. It's funny. I'm asking these questions, Hunter, only because my brother Gary up here has drilled me multiple times. This is how I've, I'm not sure if you've seen my before and after pictures, but I actually went from uh, 260 pounds down to 190 pounds to get my weight down. I still don't please him. Like I'm still not working out enough to freaking please my brother over here. But, <laughs> but on top of that, like, are you doing anything to condition your body? So when you're doing these PT tests, you're number one, you're not going to have another injury blown out like you did uh, during the military uh, situation or anything like that, that could hurt your career as a firefighter. Are you conditioning your body getting ready for that PT test? Um, yeah. As you know, as we go out and do trainings and things, I have more things um, in mind of what I can do to, um, to prep for that i see that comment it's it's four minutes to join the department i'm not really sure what that was i'm not sure these are just coming through the chat yeah but yeah so there's you know there's things i can go to my department and find stuff to work out with we don't have a workout room but literally everything on the truck could be used as a workout tool and and correct me if i'm wrong because i know our department used to do that everything you just said is done while you're in full gear Yes. So the way that yeah, we would people do it, understand the that. way I would, 
the way I would prep myself by doing it is I would have my full bunkers on, um, gloves, helmet, uh, yes. my SCBA. Uh, I wouldn't have the mask on no. uh, because that's that's cheating because you're getting compressed air. So it's helping <laughs> you breathe and cooling you off. But no, yeah, it's it's probably 70 pounds of gear that you're doing yeah. this on top of everything else. Yeah, exactly. I don't think people understand that. Same with cops when we're out there and we're wearing all of our tack gear. My gun belt, my vest, and everything I had on was over 25, 30 pounds. And I have to run and catch you, which I will. On top <laughs> of the donuts that he had in his backpack. I don't do donuts. I wasn't a donut fella. I like bagels. Okay, bagels. <laughs> same shape, same thing. <laughs> we got a correct. We got the answer for your test. By the way, it's a CPAT, CPAT test. CPAT, yes, yes. the CPAT. Yeah, CPAT. See, that's what I was gonna say. I wanted to say CPAT, but it didn't sound right because CPAP and yeah, it's just. So, your wife's obviously listening, watching it on this podcast, and she. Yeah, what's her, what's she saying? She has said lies regards to the donuts. Okay, okay. I do like a Boston cream now and then, but yeah. they're, not, they're not my go-to, okay? Okay, here's the thing, okay? What people don't understand. Okay, <laughs> the reason with this whole stigma is here, okay, is because the first place that was available 24 hours a day was Dunkin' Donuts. Well, if the cops were always there at night because we work over shift. So that's how it happened, okay? <laughs> so Blame it on Dunkin'. It's Dunkin's fault. It Fucking is Dunkin'. Dunkin's fault. And now it's Krispy Kreme's <laughs> fault, Okay. So we need to be a cry on this podcast and tell all cops to go after Dunkin' Donuts and blame them for their addiction to donuts is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like, I don't want to blame, blame McDonald's. That's like blaming McDonald's for being fat. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, if you think about it, it's cheaper to go eat at McDonald's sometimes than it is to go buy a legit healthy meal at the grocery store. Oh, yeah. That's why America has, ty- has the biggest amount of type 2 diabetes. Every, every corner you go on is a fast food joint. Yeah, why cook? <laughs> I 100% agree with you. But speaking of good meat, though, I do want to make a plug, Gary. That place, whoa, whoa, whoa. no, 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 gentlemen, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hey, he recognizes good meat. Let him finish his thought. Hold on, Gary had me order. Have you guys ever ordered meat online? Have you ever ordered meat online? <laughs> Hell no, no, especially tube steak. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear about Mark order any. Oh, I've never ordered steak online. Have you ever ordered doing the never meat online at all, though? Really? So Gary got me hooked on this place. We got elk meat, venison meat, and uh, boar meat online. Bison, elk, and so boar. The, so Mark likes the big juicy meat. Yeah, <laughs> he likes the, the tube steak. You know it. Gotta go with it, y'all. Gotta go with it, you know. Sausage. (laughs) Dear God. Hey, Mark. Mike, what are what are your views at right now for TikTok? How many people you got in there? We got uh over on TikTok. We have about five people right now. That's it. Come on. (laughs) Listen, when when I believe it or not, when I do the recorders for the podcast, it's kind of funny. I we got this new app called Wisdom. We generate about 28 to 50 people listen on Wisdom and social medias. And then our biggest ones when we upload to Apple and Spotify. That's when we get our biggest downloads. Um, but yeah, man, so you guys don't have no crazy stories. I kind of sidetracked everybody because I fucking just remembered about eating that freaking boar meat. And I was like, oh, I got to talk about that. And Most of nature meats. Sure, yeah. so we, got, nature. We, got, we got we got plenty of stories, but, you know, between HIPAA and just yeah. things we don't. No kidding. Between yeah, HIPAA and HIPAA. HIPAA and things we just don't talk about because, I mean, they're 
they're handsome. They're, I mean, the things the, the things that people see in horror films and things like that when it comes to the gore is what we see in real life. And I also see a lot of stupid. But hey, it, it is what it is. That's everywhere you go. You can't fix stupid. I mean, can't it can't fix. Uh, I, when you I watch mean, cops Mark, and you see see some of that stuff on cops, right? My, my first favorite was Live PD. I used to watch that because I was like, it was like I was reminiscing what I just did last night. I mean, no joke. Yeah. Live PD I was mean, well, great. Talk about stupid. Mark thinking he could beat me in a battle on TikTok. I mean, come on. All right, he's gonna, <laughs> gonna plug that shit in. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, let's talk about that for a minute. So, Kip, obviously, um, military career, then going to law enforcement. Would you say that somebody young, eighteen, nineteen, fresh out of high school, obviously they can't join law enforcement because they're not twenty-one years of age yet. Being law enforcement, you have to be twenty-one or older. Um, would you suggest anybody to do the military thing prior to doing law enforcement? Let me tell you, that's that's that's, that's a good question. I mean, it really depends on the person. Here's the thing. When you transition from the military police to a civilian police officer, it's two different two different avenues. So whether you were in the Air Force or not, or the Army, the Marine, don't matter. Any type of you could be a basket weaver in the Army and become a cop in the civilian world. Uh, what I'm what I mean by that is this: Yes, they do t- teach you some elements of it, but the civilian police department is so much different when you're dealing with people, and they make you go through their academy. We our training in the military is not equivalent to what the civilians need. If you do that, you're going to make mistakes. You got a doggone military police officer who's trained differently. My, my training when I went over downrange to Iraq and Afghanistan, if I did that here, I'd be in prison for jail. I'd, I'd be sued. You, you know, because the things that we do downrange are different than what you can do in a civilian world. Right. So you, you need to teach them that stuff, and it's very important. So it would probably, probably do you better to go to college first and get a degree in, in something and get that degree and then go to the department because you're going to do a lot of writing. Everybody always, always talks about, Oh, law enforcement cops. And, oh, I'd love to do that job. Like, listen, for every arrest that I do, I got at least two to three hours of paperwork because if I don't do the paperwork correctly, then the person I just arrested walks. I wasted all my time and taxpayers money. So you have to know how to write. So being able to articulate yourself and write your reports is key to any law enforcement and you can learn that by going to school so either or is fine depends on what you want but if you think going into be a, a military an mp and then thinking you're going to go right into law enforcement in the civilian world you got a rude awakening coming so yeah I, i'd be screwed i'm a bad bad writer now <laughs> <laughs> as, as far as you hunter what would you say for somebody who's fresh out of high school says, oh, man, I want to do what you do. Now, granted, uh, volunteer fire departments have junior volunteer firefighting programs. I'm familiar with those. I've done those in the past when I lived out in the Bar Mills area when I was a kid. But um, as far as you would say, someone came up to you 18 years old says, hey, I'd like to become a firefighter. How should I proceed to do it? What would you tell them? Um, so... I mean, you got a couple of different options, you know, coming straight out of high school, you can go to school for fire science. You can go through the fire academy, things like that. You can go full time. Um, my advice is I'm 27 years old and I'm just going to be getting into full-time firefighting. There's not a set time. Obviously you can't be 40 years old and get into the career. That's just, you know, body and stuff. That's just yeah, good the, luck. the learning and things that you need and the schooling. 
Hold on one second. Kev, weren't you like older than 40 years old when you joined a civilian police force? The difference is, is yes, I was. However, uh, I am the only one in the state of Maine ever veteran that was waived the academy because I had thousands upon thousands of hours of training. And that's a fact. I ain't making that up. I did not have to go to the police academy. If I had to go to the police academy, it would have been rough because, yes, I, I hurt in the morning. It isn't like you just get up after a workout and go, yay, let's go. It's like, wait a second, let me crack my back, crack my knees, oh, let me walk a little bit. Yeah, it's a lot It's a lot harder. So it is a young person's game. As you're getting older, it's, it's not an easy thing because you have to be able to keep up. And like he said, like Hunter said, every every minute while you're on duty, every call you receive, you have an adrenaline rush. Every one of them. And you have, your heart rate goes up, your stress levels go up, your blood pressure goes up, and it, it elevates up and down all night long or all day long, every single day that you're at work. So it does take a toll on your body. If you ain't physically fit, that's why a lot of officers, when they retire, don't live very long. Right. And that's because their lifestyle has changed, and, that, and that, that's it. Yeah, so the best going back to that, the best thing I could say is if you're really interested in that career, take a couple of years get your certifications through a volunteer fire department. Not only are you going to get this, the schooling and the certifications you need for free paid for, yeah. you're going to get the experience on top of it. So when you go to apply for a full time, that couple of years experience will trump anybody coming out of the academy. Okay. Gary, um, before we, we're going to be wrapping up things here soon. Anyways, guys, about 50 minutes. So I just want to make a, a request so for anybody who's listening right now, social media, whether it be TikTok wisdom and so forth if you guys want to come in now chime in especially wisdom if you guys would like to call in right now and ask any questions to either kipper or hunter please feel free to request a guest request now and we'll bring you on to the show please note that this is a live recording for the mark g show um gary you get any questions for the two gentlemen as of right now what's been your most rewarding experience in your career thus far uh good question yeah i would like to touch on that right away um, As he sorry, throws gotta, the Chinese food, got the, got fuck the, this got cat. The pussy, ah. Got the pussies crawling. All <laughs> She's fine. She's fine. Um, <laughs> we had a, we were on a call a little while ago where a man um, didn't know that he had a stroke, but he had a stroke. Um, didn't want to be transported. You know, we can't transport somebody that's in great sound mind that knows what they're doing, whatever. We highly recommended them go to the hospital. That's just was is what it is. Seemed like they were pushing it off a little bit, but it turns out they went, found out that there was a blockage somewhere. And um, this was the first time we got that I've gotten a card like that to where they said something that we did mattered. We've gotten plenty of cards. Thank you for your service and everything you did. You know, thanks for putting our house out and things like that and getting donations. But being called out like that, knowing that, just the recommendation save somebody's life was very, very rewarding. It's just heartwarming. You know, all the bad that we see, all the shitty things that we have to deal with, there are good things on top of it. Right on. Right. And Kipper. Whether hey, thank you back off that. Uh, he is spot on. You know what I'm saying? I did this job because I like helping people. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I like, I also love my country and I love for everything we stand for. So for me, it's a no brainer and I would do it all over again because I absolutely enjoyed law enforcement. 
any any I'll, particular like ex like situation that happened like i got like, so many of them i got tons that's and the tons problem of stories. that's the problem there's oh, there's yeah. so many things that that you know we're thankful for everybody always oh when it comes to law <laughs> no you just you just reminded me remember the thing the guy i was telling you about the shootout would yeah. it, it didn't end up being a shootout but it ended up being an armed standoff yeah um that guy was a prior military veteran that's all about all i can say about that but then the very next day he called up and apologized to me and thanked me for what we had what we had done to help him he was not in the right frame of mind at the time and when he realized that he had once he had time to realize what was going on i mean he called up apologized for his actions thanked us for helping him i mean i've got tons of stories like that but that is the most recent one that just popped into my head and it happens all the time the little things that we do for people to help them at the time that we're helping them they don't want it but once they realize yep. it then that's when they're like man i'm glad you were there thanks i appreciate it you have to, you have, you have to remember that cops aren't the only ones getting shot at firefighters no, it's a fact. everywhere ems are getting shot at everybody's yep. getting shot at now because it's all politics and yep you know whether you like it or not we're here we're always going to be here um we're not afraid we're not afraid to get shot at we're not afraid to you know fight somebody if we have just everything that revolves around what we're doing we're getting the job done one way or the other if you want to make it more difficult for us then like i said we adapt to it and you know we take care of business but anybody that wants to slow us down wants to hurt us for trying to help others you're the fucking problem you're the fucking problem. And if you have that big of a problem with us, you can fuck yourself because we're here. <laughs> we're not going anywhere. We do this job because it is a lifestyle. It's our yeah. lifestyle. I've done this job six years. Six years have not received a dollar. I've not received a dollar, you said? Nope. So volunteer, you are being paid per... We just, we just started a stipend program to where we get paid every call we do not get paid till the end of the year though, which is nice. So we don't, we get one big check at the end of the year and it's not even that big, you know, it's, it covers Christmas and that's why we do it. So for the last six years, I have done this stuff. I put my life on the line, the mental trauma, the anguish, these thousands of hours of schooling yeah, for free and nothing's going to change it. Nothing is going to, if you shoot at me, if you, again, I was a correctional officer for, yeah. Two years, I worked in a max security prison. I had my life threatened, my family's life threatened. I've had every bodily fluid thrown on me. Yes. Everything that you can think of, which is called dashing. I'm sure Kipper knows. Yes. But um, you can do whatever you want. We are not going anywhere. We're not the bad guys. Cops aren't the bad. There are bad cops. 110%. Yeah, there there are, there's yes. bad cops. Yeah, but there's also bad like these, doctors and and bad exactly whatever. When there's bad, bad anybody, guess what? And you, you the asshole, the asshole that's trying to fight the cop, you're the bad guy too. It just yeah. is what it is. There are bad people, yeah. But that yeah. does not that does not define who we are as the whole of group responders. Just like right. you know, the, the race thing comes around of you know white people this and black people this. There's bad people in every fucking race. Get the fuck over it. It's the world. It's the world we live in. Yep. And if you're too big of a fucking fruitcake to see that, then you're going to have a tough life. 
What you. kind of fruitcake, though? Hold on. <laughs> yeah, like, there's a lot. There's like, a lot. I don't know. It could be. I don't know if it's delicious enough. <laughs> fruitcake. I don't know. What is it? What, I mean, peach? I'm not a fan of fruitcake though, neither, man. I don't you know. Like I'll, probably, I'll probably do. You know peach. what I'm fucking saying? <laughs> I like. It is what it is. If you if you are blind to the bullshit that's going on in, in the world, or you think the things you are done, the things you are or are not doing aren't hurting the world you're part of the problem and nothing's ever going to get fixed and that's fine i I am who i am kipper is who he is we do what we do everybody that i serve with and i work with are fucking awesome you know we hang out outside of the fire department and we have each other's backs and that's family we always have when you go through shit with people that makes you family like that yeah we have we we have two families for sure and Sometimes you're spending more time with one than you are the other, but mm-hmm. it's just, it is what it is. So oh, I could, I mean, I could rant about this <laughs> fucking bullshit forever. So I got to give a shout out to my, uh, my beautiful wife, uh, Tracy. I'm just going to say it right now. I mean, she's stuck with me for 31 years for all this bullshit and I'm surprised I'm still married. I'm just saying, but uh, I got to give it, I got to yeah. give a shout out to Mark for having us on the show. Oh yeah, and, that uh, too. And uh, not hey, being a little bitch, you're starting. Beat him. Yeah. <laughs> you're starting really good here, though. You're starting to get really political. I was getting ready to say I'm going to have to pull the plug on TikTok so I don't get the white screen over on there, and we can get yeah. conversation if you really want to get deep, dark about this. Oh, whole- I mean, we can get deep if you want. I got, I got a couple more minutes if you want to go that route. <laughs> We can. That's just when, when I have to kill the TikTok fee because TikTok's a little sensitive, you you know. Yeah. When when you when you're on TikTok, you get that little white screen, and then you kind of you remember get, you, you remember you remember the uh, fruitcakes I was talking about. That is TikTok. <laughs> yeah. TikTok. We were just talking about that in one of my previous episodes, and I've already killed the feed to TikTok right now. Um, one of the things about TikTok is you are actually guilty until proven innocent in the TikTok yeah. world as far as, I mean, that, that's the thing right now with most social media platforms and every social media platform right now, you are absolutely guilty until proven innocent. And I, that's why I am looking forward to hopefully seeing Elon Musk purchase on Twitter if they will ever let him buy it because he will make that platform freedom of speech again where we need every platform. Everybody is too, yeah. sens- everybody is too damn sensitive to in today's world. Even if that so all you all you all you sensitive motherfuckers that are coming in here from TikTok that see this shit that report people for saying that there's two fucking genders, guess what, motherfucker? There's a wiener and there's a pussy. That's how it is. That's how it's gonna be. Kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, there's 74 genders. <laughs> <laughs> no, you forgot about the other 82 on top of that too. <laughs> There was a post I saw today from the news article. I just shared it on my Facebook. There's now an emote for pregnant man. There's now a pregnant man emoticon. That's not real, is it? I heard they were. No, it's legit. It's legit. I saw the emoticon. Yeah, it's legit. Where? There is a wiener and there is a vagina. There is no in between. I don't give a fuck if you want fucking boobies, if you want to be able to shit in a different bathroom guess what motherfucker until that thing is gone you take the whole leap 
You're part of the side that you are born with. There's a pregnant dude emoji. Yeah. There's a pregnant dude. I can dude fucking emoji. promise you. I can promise you that is the, if there's a motherfucker with a dick that comes into the bathroom where my daughter is at, I will fucking rip that thing off myself. Kip, you're so quiet right now. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to remember my mother. She's not my mother anymore. She's my birthing human. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, on that note, on that note, <laughs> I think we should be going here. Now that now that now that everybody is effectively pissed off, right? Now yeah. they're all riled up. Yeah, you know what? Our next podcast, I want to be a guest. And our whole podcast is going to be political views. You, you, want, you want to join a political view podcast? I 129% do. Uh, I want well, to piss the motherfuckers off and we'll stay off of TikTok for that one. Yes, yes, we'll have to. We may have to stay off Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. It just may Oh, man. All right, you guys. So we'll go ahead and end this show. If you guys just hold off for the outro to finish out. Um, for everybody tuning in today, show, I appreciate everybody on here. It sounds like the next few podcasts could be interesting. I think I did finally find a psychic medium to join into my show to talk Ooh. to Gary. So I'm going to get him tied in and maybe bring Ooh. him on next week. Because Gary's a non-believer. Um, so- oh, Gary. <laughs> it's real. I talk to my Nobody dead people all the from time. Your past with the letter D and their name <laughs> is saying hello. So I, it's I, my I, dad. It's my yeah. dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to bring one anyways and see what happens. It's always interesting. You never know, right? So I want to bring one to show to see what the hell happened. It is what it is. Um, the haunted hospital. I keep getting told about this haunted hospital. Kip, what's Go away, Tracy. No more, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, what I'm going to do right now is we're going to go ahead and hit the outro. Give one sec. You've been listening to the Snowflake Melter, the Mark G Show. Mark is your everyday hardworking business owner that loves America, and he certainly doesn't mind telling it like it is. We hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to like, rate, and review. To send an email, it's on air at themarkgshow.com. And find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Mark G Show. See you next time. Stand by.